I think generally in supply, we've seen shifts, especially in those supply planning, um, demand planning roles, you know, salary increases, I suppose, pre pre COVID and post COVID, I'd say between 10 and uh, $20,000. Welcome back to another episode of HPG Insights. Today, we will be covering supply chain and procurement. I have with me, Specialist Manager, Gemma Stadden. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. And we also have Laura Longstaff, Director of Supply Chain and Procurement. How are you today? Good, thanks. Beautiful. Um, First of all, thank you very much, both of you, for sitting down with me today to chat all things supply chain and procurement, an industry that has... uh, vastly changed over the last few years so it'd be great to yeah. to sit down have a chat find out what's been happening what the differences are within um supply chain and procurement now in comparison to i guess let's say 2018 to 2019 um first of all can you just give us a, a quick insight for anyone listening how does someone actually start the process of getting into the supply chain and procurement industry Yeah, so I'll take this one. (laughs) Um, So in terms of getting into supply chain, I think generally we see tend to see a lot of people coming through from customer service, logistics, inventory, warehouse. So building up their career um, from that level and then moving through into a supply chain role. Um, And typical attributes, I'd probably say that we tend to see in somebody who does well in supply chain would be, I guess, having really strong analytical skills, um, being able to problem solve, think on their feet. Um, they're the types of people that we tend to see that do really well in supply chain. If you'd like, would, yeah. you, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And do you think whenever you find people who are entering into the supply chain industry, mm-hmm. do you think it's a conscious decision that they've made or it's kind of they've started in a role within, like you said, warehousing or customer service? And then they've kind of just worked their way through the business and then they Mm. end up in that kind of very important role. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's always a conscious decision. Mm. I think a lot of times people fall into it. Um, A lot of times people don't even know what it is. Mm. You know, they don't know how the product gets from A to B. They don't know anything about it and they find out about it when they get into a role. Um, we work a lot in the customer service space here at HPG as well and these people work very very closely within the warehouse and the logistics side of things and would get a really good understanding from there Um, or people that do have a genuine interest and they want to take their career to the next level but they're not sure where to go the supply chain is just a really good next step for Mm. them because their careers can skyrocket in there yeah for sure Um, so when it comes to the supply chain landscape over the last three years. Can you just give me a quick little insight into what has changed the most and what you've seen? Yeah, it's changed dramatically over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Obviously, COVID's had a massive impact on supply chain. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the most obvious thing would be the bringing the products into the country. Very, very few healthcare companies actually manufacture their own products here in Australia. So that importing the products has been a huge strain on supply chain. Mm. Um, I think supply chain as well, whereas previously they've kind of fallen under the radar, nobody's really known who they are. Mm. They've been the kind of unsung heroes over the last few years. Like the spotlight has been on them. It's all on them when they don't have the products, and it's all it's you know it's it's all on them mm. um, to 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 really shine and to make sure that yeah. they can service their customers. So a lot of companies yeah. have had to have a big focus on how can we do this better, 
um, what can we do, how can we change? Mm-hmm. And that's where there's been big differences over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's definitely shone a huge light on the area, hasn't it? And yeah. made people look at, you know, what they're doing and how things could be improved in the business and things like that. So, yeah, it's been a huge challenge, I think, for some yeah. people in supply chain. Oh, 100%. And I can imagine prior to um, COVID over the last few years, there was probably maybe a sense of comfortability where people in supply chain were just getting the job done because you could get the products in very easily and whatever way they were coming in. And then now when this had happened where flights weren't coming in as often, shipments weren't coming in as often, they had to change the way they probably did things in terms of the processes, the way that they communicated and finding new ways to actually get literal medical products into the country yeah yeah absolutely. absolutely a lot of thinking on their feet you know no one had really been through that circumstance before and so many people were going through the same thing as well so yeah it was a i suppose a huge thing for people yeah. to overcome yeah and has there been any new kind of rules created within the supply chain and procurement industry since covid yeah. yeah, I think we've seen quite a few new positions being created. So we've seen a lot of analytical type roles. So operations analysts or supply chain analysts or, you know, kind of roles in between, I suppose, the customer and the company as well. So, you know, really focusing on the customer and the mm. outcome, you know, communications between the 3PL, um, getting products to the customer. So, yeah, we've seen a lot of roles being implemented, especially for more of an analytical, yeah. I suppose, direction. Um, yeah, there's been a few of those, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah, and I think not just focusing, not just having the planners focus on the analytics, yeah. bringing yeah, in specific people yeah. to support the planners, but really looking at the data side of things yeah. and yeah. doing better with what they've got yeah. and how can they really, um, you know, elevate what they've got and, and the processes that they have in place. So there's been a lot of emphasis on what can we do better um, with with the tools that we've already got in place, how can yeah. we elevate it? Mm-hmm. And would it be safe to say that due to these new rules being created, <clears throat> uh, specifically when it comes to supply chain and maybe supply chain managers, some of the responsibilities that they may have had before has now been taken away because they can now concentrate solely on what their job exactly is and then they've brought in other roles that can actually support them to make the, I guess, the process a little bit more streamlined. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely more strategy involved. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the people at the top have got a bit more room to look at the strategy of the business yeah. rather yeah. than just kind of the day-to-day operational side mm-hmm. of things. So where um, your supply chain managers, your ops managers might have been a little bit more hands-on in the day-to-day, by bringing these people in, they've got to train them up to be sort of the best they can be for the business and to provide that support. But they're also looking at the who do we need who, um, where are the gaps? Yeah. What can we be doing better? And how do we get through this and come out the other end? Yeah, mm. definitely. It's created more avenues as well for people in their careers to, mm. you know, take other options and, you know, for those that are analytical to kind of move into that space as well. So that has been good for, for those that wanted to get into the area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. I think from a, um, not forgetting the procurement side of things in terms yeah. of yeah. new roles, what's been a big focus is... Um, a lot of companies in healthcare, specifically in Australia, um, they run the procurement side of things out of their head office, which is Asia or Europe, mm. traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Australia, it's often absorbed by either supply chain or finance. Um, it, it's not the importance isn't there for that function. Yeah, Whereas okay, since okay. COVID, 
I've noticed a huge increase in companies here in Australia looking to bring this function in-house. Yeah. So hiring, um, it doesn't have to be a whole department. It can often be hiring a procurement specialist or a procurement manager to bring that function and, and really take ownership of that mm. function mm. here because we need to be looking at new suppliers, local suppliers, looking at different contract negotiations and having somebody here on the ground is something that, is more attractive to um, a lot of the employers yeah. now. So there's been a big yeah. focus from that side of things as well. And that goes lovely into my next question when it comes to kind of the candidate pool and their salaries as well. Um, as you said, <clears throat> companies here are slowly realising that procurement in-house is going to be quite important for them moving forward. What do you? What have you seen in terms of the candidate pool yeah. and the salaries that people are even asking for, the salaries yeah. that companies mm. are offering? Yeah, from huge the, Yeah, so from the procurement side, I'll talk about that yeah. if you want to then go into supply yeah. chain, but from procurement, I've noticed that they're not paying what they need to be paying for what they actually want, if yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. they want somebody that can come in and start up a whole function, um, you. you know, negotiate with their suppliers, really make a difference if you get a good procurement person they will save your company a lot of money in the long run okay. whereas it's almost like speaking to a lot of these companies they're not willing to invest the money to get the right they're person they're asking for the world but maybe mm. not offering okay. but they're not yeah. offering for them. yeah, yeah okay. so they're they're looking for more um senior people to come and do the role but the salary isn't in line with what they're expecting how do you con- how do you combat that like con- that conversation with, with the it's just about educating clients a lot um because a lot of times they probably don't even know what they should yeah, be the offering they kind of doing. just throw yeah. out a number that they yeah. think's okay and mm-hmm. then and i think the thing in procurement as well specifically is the titles are so interchangeable mm. Mm. um you know you've got procurement manager procurement specialist um are different things in different companies and then obviously you go into your category management and things like that so there's so many different titles but depending on what company you're in really depends you know procurement manager might just be managing um the procurement but no people whereas other companies you're managing people as well so it's really interchangeable titles are really hard to decipher you know what salary goes in line with that title Mm. so i think for me it's a lot about educating clients this is what you'll get if you hire somebody with this experience, but yeah. if you're looking to pay this amount, I'll show you what you can get for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, nine times out of ten, we can get them up, but often it's not the line manager in Australia that is making the decision. A lot of times it's the global company, yeah. so it, it might be out of their hands and they can't get budget for it. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, a lot of times it's just education. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what about supply chain? I think generally we've seen a huge shift in in salaries. I think it just I mean starting with the talent pool, it's it's really tough out there. Like we're finding speaking to clients that it's difficult to find the right people. Um a lot of people are, you know, I suppose being retained by their companies quite well from a salary perspective and benefits perspective as well because, you know, people want to retain good staff in their yeah, business. For sure. Um, But I think generally in supply, we've seen shifts, especially in those supply planning, um, demand planning roles, you know, salary increases, I suppose, pre pre COVID and post COVID, I'd say between 10 and uh, $20,000 increase on their base salaries. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, demand planning manager roles, we've seen an increase there as well, but generally more so in that demand and supply planning space, there's been a huge, a huge shift in salaries, which has been, I suppose, from our perspective, quite an an eye opener. Yeah. Um, It's difficult to manage as well. (laughs) Very difficult. We're working with clients to place a role where they need a certain skill set and they're 
higher in candidates that previously pre-COVID have been on 80,000 yeah. to 90,000. Yeah. And then they're hiring them into, I've seen people get 115 or 120,000 for yeah. these roles, which just wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the candidates can demand it. And because it's not just one, you know, random candidate demanding this amount of money, it's it's the whole market. Yeah, They have to pay, have it, to pay but it, but they're not yeah. getting the skill sets for what, you know, previously somebody on 120 would previously be, a, a you know, a really Senior. good demand manager yeah. or, you mm. know, either managing a couple mm. of direct reports mm. or very, very well experienced in that um, field. Whereas now you're getting people that don't have lots of experience, but they're getting a salary yeah. that's... Is that because there's... Is it a lack of candidates in the market or is it because they've realised how important supply chain now is for their organisation to be successful or is it maybe a big mix of both? Yeah, and the candidates, it's a candidates market at the moment as well. So what you're finding is Mm -hmm. candidates, um, they're holding all the cards. They're playing playing companies off against each other. They're playing companies off against their own company. They're using it to get counter offered. Yeah, it's a real you know it's a playground for them at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> they're having a good They've time. They've got yeah. multiple choices. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and then they're uh, yeah. hearing what their friends get, and you know, oh, you're still yeah. on eighty thousand. I've just been offered a hundred and ten. Yeah, at this people company. are a little bit more open about discussing so, their salaries yeah. now with each other. So yeah, yeah. and That's... so now it's known in the market that they're probably being underpaid. Well, you know, previous to COVID, it wouldn't be underpaid, but yeah. now they yeah. see that they're being underpaid, so they're more likely to be right. All right, what's out there for me? Yeah, mm. and even managing them through a recruitment process is tough because you might speak to them at the start of the process and they'll say, "I'm on ninety thousand, I'd accept yeah. ninety five and mm. you take them through the process. But yeah. other recruiters have been speaking to them, other companies have been speaking to them, and by the end of that process, they want one ten. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's a really tricky. Yeah, market. they've been promised other salaries yeah. and you know spoken to other companies that maybe are paying like one ten, one fifteen, one twenty, and then yeah, their expectations will change yeah. a little bit then. So. It's interesting yeah. <laughs> and challenging. Makes yeah. the recruitment process a little bit more exciting, I guess. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we love it. Keeps us on our toes. <laughs> bit of order, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have any of this? So this is going to be more geared towards organisation, I guess, even some of our clients who potentially could be listening. Are there any ways that they can become a little bit more resilient when it comes to supply chain? What are some mm. things that you think some of the organisations could be doing? to improve their... I think um, one of the things that was probably really exciting for me to see at the start of COVID was the focus on the customers. So, you know, a lot of companies, and not all companies by any means, but a lot of companies were about making money. You know, it wasn't, the focus wasn't on the customers, it was Mm. on the bottom line. So a lot of companies have now, they're looking at that customer centricity side of things. So they're they're hiring people you know Gemma mentioned earlier about there's new roles being created and that's Mm -hmm. to have the person that have somebody being that conduit between the company and the customer yeah and okay we can't get all the product in that you know you have asked for but having somebody that can say here's what's happening here's Mm. when it will be in I can get this amount for you and spreading it across other customers but just keeping customers up to date is so simple but managing their expectations keeping in touch with them doing what you say you'll do Mm -hmm. and putting that focus there and you know some some companies have you know changed their values around it they've updated their websites to talk about that customer focus piece Mm. so it's really exciting because more that's attractive to candidates you know people want to go and work with companies that are focusing on the customer so it's a nice that's Mm -hmm. a really nice change of pace yeah 
Um, and I think the other thing is, and it's definitely not everybody, but the the technology piece, the systems piece, you know, systems have always been a big thing in supply chain. Yeah. And it still baffles me that even with some of the biggest you know, the global pharma and medical companies have the worst systems you've <laughs> ever seen. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or they'll have multiple yeah. systems. <laughs> Using or, five different systems. Yeah, or, or no, like, up-to-date processes mm. for planning in place. Yeah. And this isn't just your small companies that are starting out. This is your big yeah. global companies that, you know, they'll they'll ask us to help them recruit a demand manager because they've no SNOPs already in place. Yeah. And this yeah. person's got to bring it in from scratch and... That still baffles me. You know, I've been doing this uh, with HPG for 11 years and it, it, it's still, it's the big players that I'm always thinking, wow, they, yeah. they've been it's doing so well. It's probably just too much time and effort for them to... Yeah. To, yeah. To and I guess as well, like, you don't know what you don't know. So, but it's really exciting. Some companies do it really well. Some are moving through and, and um, you know, they, they do the SNOP process, which is a massive part of, you know, for any organisation. They do it really well. Yeah. I actually see FMCG companies do that better oh, than yeah. better mm. than most. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why when we're looking to recruit for our clients and, you know, a lot of clients will say, I want somebody from pharmaceutical or medical yeah. devices. We try and open it up to FMCG candidates as mm. well because... They can, it's still, you know, regulated products. It's still a similar industry. Yeah. Um, but they can bring a lot to the table. Yeah, there's transferable term. skills. Yeah, super transferable. Really transferable. Yeah. And, you know, having a fresh pair of eyes from another industry can actually work really well for yeah. companies. Oh, for sure. Mm. So that system side, I, I will find candidates that will refuse to go to a new Absolutely. client if they've got old clunky systems. Yeah, it's a candidate attraction what? thing as well. They'll want to work on a certain system. It makes their job yeah. easier. So that would um, be a, probably a specific <clears throat> question that you may be asked, what's your system? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It's huge. Yeah. Companies don't like to necessarily train people up in new systems. So a yeah. lot of companies, it's a must-have that you have, have that to, specific yeah. system. Yeah. But candidates are picky about it as well. Well, mm. because if you've not got the right systems in place you're doubling up on work yeah mm. um it takes you twice as long three times as long to get the job done in the same result yeah um and it's just really frustrating yeah. so yeah that's a real effect for candidates. are there any particular systems you think these organizations should use or the candidates and um, specifically ask yeah. a lot more about yeah sap is a big one yeah. that we it's still the most popular yeah okay. still the most popular one that we um yeah. we come across power bi those sorts of things yeah. and so, they've got modules yeah. and add-ons yeah. to and sap seems to be a system that is over a few different industries well yeah. customer yeah. service representatives use yeah. that as well yes. so yeah yeah all speak to each other absolutely it, so. and like yeah. i say there's um different tools there's also different tools for planning and things like that but yeah. normally um if clients use sap they'll ask for people that have sap yeah, yeah. if they don't use that sap they'll ask for somebody that's used another erp system yeah. Okay. Yeah. um because they know that it's not as common companies using oracle and jd edwards are still yeah. out there but they're just not as common anymore yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah a lot of companies are doing that integration yeah um and again, Sweet. it's just how well they do that and how well that's planned because yeah. that can also cause a lot of issues when they've not done, done the integration properly. properly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And then just to finish off, um, what kind of things do you both look out for when it comes to resumes to help um, people stand out? 
Um, I think for me, I like I love to see um, achievements on a resume. So maybe listing, um, you know, at the bottom of a role, maybe what one or two or three achievements, maybe or some projects that you've maybe been part of or implemented along the way. I love to see that on a resume because that stands out to me. Um, that's one of the first things that I'll yeah. look at. Um, yeah, I think that that's. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah. supply chain, supply chain, same mm. with procurement. These people, people know what you've been brought in yeah. to do, but it's what, how can you add value to that Absolutely. employer? What have you done? What are, what's going to get people excited? Yeah. Uh, so projects like implementations, things like that are things yeah. that people want to see. Yeah. And on the procurement side of things, you know, ultimately procurement, you're there to save the company money. How much money have you saved them? Yeah. How have you done it? Yes. Um, what categories have you worked on? Mm. They're all things that are really important. And I think not forgetting that the, the the resume is your sales tool. Yes. So putting yeah. a little bit of effort into it will actually pay off for you. Yeah. Not just sticking the job title down no. and, you know, nothing else in there. Yeah. yeah. It's really important. That's what will get you noticed. Yeah, it's definitely you don't have quite a lot, important, a lot of time. Sorry, it's definitely yeah. quite important to, um, for each job you do apply to, apply for to make a specific to that role yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, tailor because, your resume. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't just flick your resume and, and think that's going to yeah. be yeah. the same for every single position. Like, be specific to the person that you're applying to um, because we do we do look yeah. at those resumes specific to the role. So, yeah, that's super yeah. important. And we're happy to give people guidance yeah, and absolutely. tips and tricks on how to make their resume more attractive. So we're yeah. very, very happy to offer that to our candidates as well. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just really, really important. Perfect. Well, I will put your details in the caption and in the description for anyone who is in the supply chain and procurement industry to reach out to you guys if yeah, they need any you. help. Thank you. But thank you very much for sitting down with me. That was amazing. Uh, you have given some great insights into the industry. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Rain. Thanks.